We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into another edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. Jake Burns, Andrew Spade. We are here with you again to talk about three points of uh, last night's news that we didn't get to in the last pod, but we want to get to in this one. The big news is that Tommy Reese is your tight ends coach. And this is more evidence, Andrew, that they're doing these interviews behind. We don't know. They don't have to report these. So there could be more that come up in the coming days where they've talked to somebody we don't know they've talked to that could get hired. Could be a spontaneous OC hire that we didn't even hear about. Um, but I want your immediate reaction to hearing the name Tommy Reese and is hired by the Browns to coach tight ends. This is the type of hire that if you had told me yesterday that this was going to happen or that that would be your prediction, I would have really been quite skeptical, right? Because it, it, th- this is, this is, I would, I guess the way to say it is it's diametrically opposed to the way that Stefanski assembled his staff when he was hired in 2020. And and really, the names that have come in since, like, so the the tight ends coach that left, T.C. McCartney, is a been around like Stefanski, same coaching milieu, if you will. Like, it's the same. It's all one group of guys, right? And he's you know he's been in a lot of the same systems. I think he was with the Forty ers for a while. You know, it's 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 stuff where they there's a a level of familiarity there that uh, I'm, I'm looking it up now. He was the quarterback's coach for the Broncos in 19. He was with the 49ers from 17 to 18. He was with the Browns as an offensive assistant for two years and then as the tight ends coach. So it's 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 kind of same old, same old, I guess is one way to say it, right? He was He's a Shanahan guy. He was with the Browns in 14. So Tommy Reese has none of those connections, right? He is, I mean, I'm sure he knows some of the same people, but like, in terms of his background, he is a was a college quarterback for Notre Dame. I am old enough to remember him being the starting quarterback for Notre Dame. And then pretty quickly became their quarterback's coach and then eventually their offensive coordinator underneath Brian Kelly. That sort of rise is pretty impressive, right? For his age, for his level of accomplishment, and then to get the job at Alabama, which is, I, I mean obviously it speaks for itself. It's the college program, right? So he obviously, regardless of what he 
did while he was there, he has impressed enough people throughout college football that he knows offensive football. He's getting this job with the Browns on the merits of what he has done as a coach, not because of the connections that he has from previous stops. And that is a different approach to hiring staff than the Browns have had. It is meaningful to me because it indicates that they might understand now, have sort of learned that rather than needing to rely on other people that already speak the same language, they are confident enough that they can bring in people from the outside, teach them their language, but also learn things from them. The sort of symbiotic process by which your offense gets better. And so that's really what you're hoping for here. Yeah, getting Nick Saban to believe in you at 30 to run his offense. When if you look back, I mean, Saban went like Sarkeesian, Bill O'Brien was right before him, Lane Kiffin. There have been a ton of pretty accomplished guys that have done those things for him. So uh, to get that job, is me- it's meaningful just to get Nick to believe in you, right? The the I mean, Nick is right there with Bill Belichick and the the coaching, modern coaching. Uh, and I, I guess Andy Reid should be in there. I mean, we don't say Andy Reid enough. I feel like that's one that's getting like tossed aside to history. But yeah, anyway, like that is, um, you know, very much. Uh, it's a huge thing. And again, in your twenties, running an offense for Notre Dame is uh, it's it's nothing to scoff at, right? Especially considering he played for um, you know Brian Kelly, who's notoriously really hard on his quarterbacks. Uh, to a point that I don't really like. I don't like Brian Kelly all too much, but yep. different conversation. He was on that 2012 team that, um, you know, not to make this like a Bucknut podcast, but had Ohio State not been bo- uh, deemed ineligible, probably would have played that Notre Dame team instead of Alabama and had a real chance to beat them in that that BCS. That was the last of the BCS national championships, I believe, right? It was, it was 14 was the first one Ohio State won, if I recall. I um, not to go down. All right. Yeah, not to go down college memory lane, but he was playing back when Notre Dame had their like gold wrong. Remember they used to wear that like faded gold they were wearing there for a while. Um, I he, I just remember he was a couple years after I was done playing. Those those teams were all very much on the forefront of like me getting done playing college ball, and then like just remembering a lot of those names. So you know you'd look at it like Tommy Reese. Oh man, he's got to be. Oh god, he's four years younger than me. That's uh, that's something. But I I like it. I I mean, he's run. I like having guys running your offensive assistant roles or tight ends is a great role guys that have run their own offense so that they can just pull back on hey when i game plan for you know whoever maybe he game plan for tennessee and they run a similar coverage shell because they've had coaches that have come through and they know and they run a similar style to the to what you know the dbs tend to do for the raiders for example or whatever he has ideas that he's tried to pull so he's not sitting at the table afraid you know i know he's 31 he's young but he sat at the table with nick saban so he he has he's been in big moments he's been in big coaching offices he won't be afraid to speak his mind about the experience he's had so i value when you can get that out of a tight end coach who's not just a soldier you know what i'm saying no i think that i think the 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 picture that i'm starting to develop for the browns 2024 offensive staff is a little bit more diversity of thought with some some different backgrounds that allows them to have a broader base of knowledge and find within that then define what they want to do but not I think the the problem that has felt 
limiting at times over the past few years is that they're starting from a place of not having that much and then they pare it down from there. And so it, it can feel limited at times. So I think bringing in outside voices that are truly foreign to not just the NFL, but specifically the, the, the coaching trees that, that Kevin Stefanski is, is sort of has come out of is, is important for the Browns to take the next step offensively, especially with the quarterback that they have, because one of the key things about Deshaun Watson is that he is more, I don't want to say that he's a college quarterback, but he's more comfortable with college type systems than traditional pro style NFL systems. He can do both. Obviously he's a talented guy, Yeah, but having the ability to, to lean on, for specific questions, right? Like, like you were saying, we have this specific problem that we're trying to solve in our RPO game. How did you solve this problem when you were at Alabama? That being able to ask that question of somebody that has a genuine answer rather than asking Chad O'Shea, who has never seen, has never run an offense that involved RPOs, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's just a different, it's like, it's, it's instead of having a, a set of encyclopedias that just does like, F through L. Now you've mm-hmm. got the full set of encyclopedias. I think that's what they're trying to build this year. And I, I'm excited to see it continue because I think you've got another opportunity with the quarterback's coach, and then you've got an opportunity with the offensive coordinator. And then potentially, we'll talk about it in a second, the offensive line coach. So you have a, a the the possibility here for a, just a tremendous amount of different ways of seeing the game of football. Mm-hmm. And that can only help the Browns offense in 24, I think. And I hope, my hope would be that they're able to work him through the system and he eventually is your offensive coordinator. He eventually takes over your quarterback some way, somehow, right? That would be the progression because Kevin started out as a tight ends coach. Great and then point. worked his way to quarterbacks and then as an OC, right? So Drew Petzing started I think, as a I tight think, ends coach in Cleveland yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a path that they can see for him and probably sold him on, if we're being honest. And, and again, yeah. it's Jalen Milrow got better as the year went on at Alabama. Rough start admittedly for everybody down there, but when they figured it out, they turned it on and they beat some obviously really good programs. And he played some pretty good football down the stretch, putting himself into some Heisman consideration discussion. So that's not nothing. You're absolutely right. I I think one of the things that we have bemoaned in previous years is who are the up and coming members of the Browns offensive coaching staff? Who are the guys that are getting hired? The only guy that has gotten another job is Drew Petzing. And I think the Browns felt his absence last year pretty keenly. So what you want is you want, it's not fun to have to replace coaches every year, but you do want your offensive coaches. If your offense is good, you want your offensive coaches being hired. That's how you know you have a good offense. People want like, what are they doing in Cleveland? What's going, what, what are they doing with their run game? We got to get, we got to get somebody over here that can explain what they're doing so that we have a better sense of how to attack. That's what you want people saying about your offense. And the Browns haven't had a lot of that over the past four years. Also a great clip. If you want to get out there and see a little of, uh, of Tommy in action in the booth, which he could be a great booth guy. We have talked about, Oh man, we not, need a booth guy. We need a headset we have, guy. Yep. We have, we've needed uh, answers for folks on that. We haven't had it. So maybe it is, but um, Notre Dame in his last year there went through a whole quarterback struggle. They guys hurt. Drew Pine was starting for them, who I think has gone on to like Arizona State or something uh, of the like. But there's a great quote of uh, Pine making some mistakes early in the game and 
Tommy Reese on the phone with him screaming to to do your fucking job. It was a really funny clip, like not quite Ken Dorsey killing the press box, but you like he uh, he screams like it's it's a pretty funny clip. You got to watch. We got two great press box guy options. I was right going to say if the, we got we got destroy the press, the press box. box. And, yeah, destroy your press box guy and. <laughs> One is just absolutely ripping the earbud out yeah. of out of Drew Pine. He can't hear anything in his right They're ear. They're going to have to reinforce the thing if they put both <laughs> those guys up there. That's a great thing to think about if they were to hire both. That's funny. All right. Um, next thing we want to hit on is Stump Mitchell, who, who I mean, I, I haven't seen a guy who used to coach the Browns to turn up in the media this quickly since Hugh Jackson. I mean, I'm not even – I saw him tonight, Andrew, show up on Cameron Justice interview. He's also on the Big Play podcast, and I, I'm going to play – the clip from the big play podcast, because I think it might give some insight into why he's doing podcasts. Now <laughs> let's, uh, let's listen to that real quick. I would not, I would not give up play calling. If, if I was Kevin, I think he's one of the best I've ever been around. Uh, but what he don't have to do, he can go back to calling plays like he called for Kirk cousin, like he called for Joe Flacco. That's who Deshaun is. The Browns want to win so bad. They think they have to adjust to the players that they bring in. All the players want to do is know what you want. Probably not the best thing to do um, to go on to a pod, Andrew, and talk about how your offense shouldn't be evolving for its players and you should just be making players play the way your offense looks on paper. I think that could have a little bit of a reasoning that, you know, part of the, the checklist here of why he might have been let go. Just a hunch. Yeah, yeah. It's not in in twenty twenty four. It's not what you want to hear from an NFL coach. In my my mind, I I understand the sentiment. I think I think he's basically saying that you know the team's identity has to supersede the players' identity. But then you flash back to the fact that the Browns felt most comfortable with Kareem Hunt as the running back for the second half of the season, and it's like, oh, yeah, maybe that maybe that's maybe that limited them in some pretty important ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, first of all, feels like we could get Stump on the pod. Probably should consider it, right? Yeah. Let's let's let, listen, Stump. Come come talk to us about running back technique. I, we we should figure out a way to get this done. I, I, I mean, I I will just I will politely listen while you and Stump chop up some some real minutia on running back technique. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, I, I mean. I, it feels to me like a guy who is maybe kind of feeling like it's maybe close to the end of his coaching career and is wanting to take a little bit of a uh, of a publicity tour, spin around a little bit as he thinks about what comes next. Because I think well, we have a specific defensive coordinator and his son who are just hanging around Cleveland, right? A podcast. <laughs> there's maybe, there's a market. Maybe that, that that's how I would have to imagine they got stump into that podcast. So yeah, there must be, you know, big plays just adding Pokemon cards to the to the lot here of former Browns coaches. Before you know it, they're gonna have a well. Whole listen, group to run. A big, it's a big talent pool. I mean, the Browns have fired pretty much every coach in the NFL. So there you go. You got a really good chance of getting bookings because there's a lot of those guys out there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, Stump, I I did like that he said Kevin is extremely talented, one of the most um, impressive play callers he's ever been around, and he said he shouldn't give up play calling, so... I like when Stump says things I agree with. There you go. <laughs> right on, Stump. Um, the last thing we have to hit on, though, is Brian Callahan. It's the only piece of head coaching news we've had for a while here. So yeah. we have Brian Callahan being hired by the Titans, which I think we called the other day. I mean, it was just obviously heading in that direction. And I had said well, to you, and I still believe in it, that they are not – like this is a hire that – I think if you got those guys behind closed doors, that, that it's a Zach Taylor-like hire. It could work out. Mm-hmm. could draft the right quarterback, could get things where Will Levis takes off and they hit the right draft and free agency and they go. But like, I don't know that this is the hire that they think is going to be their next 15 years type of guy, but I could be wrong. I could be really downplaying Callahan here, Brian. Um, but obviously the ramifications are that this trickles into the Browns world because of his dad. And uh, we're going to find out quickly. The question was asked today to um, 
Andrew Barry during the press conference, and he sort of did what he did with most coach questions, which is side shuffle it. But I think I would have to predict he's going to go coach with his son. Wouldn't you want to go coach with your son if he gets a chance to be a head coach and give him all the guidance you have, right? There's no doubt in my mind, Jake. And yeah. and beyond which, the Browns have kind of been hedging around the offensive staff for the past week for a similar reason. It, it One of the reasons that it felt like Brian Callahan was going to go to Tennessee was because there's been an attitude in Cleveland of our offensive line coach is probably leaving, which – yeah. So it's it's kind of felt like a little bit of an open secret over at least the last four or five days. I, I saw some people saying, "Well, they'll have to promote him to offensive coordinator. They won't. The Browns can just re, you know refuse to let him go." It's like, come on, man. This is this is a father and a son getting to coach together on an NFL staff. Like, if the Browns stand in the way of this, it's a true villain maneuver. So it, it is what it is. I, you wish them the best. I. I I know how well respected Bill Callahan is in the NFL. I am not suggesting that he is not a very very good offensive line coach. I do have some curiosities, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. about where their run game got to this year and how much of that is connected to the specific types of runs that Callahan is comfortable with. And it, listen. My hot take is, are we sure it matters that much? Well, that's it. I mean, the my, my point is the NFL does eventually pass pretty much everybody by, right? Like, Bill Belichick is going to get another coaching job, and I think we're going to see one of the true tests of that axiom. But typically what happens is the league passes people by before they're ready to retire. Often. Yep. yep. I would just say I'm not – I'm going to try to be careful with this because this is not kicking somebody out the door when they're leaving. We don't even know if he's leaving yet. Obviously Bill has forgotten more about football than we know, but I don't think I watched the Browns offensive line the last two years and thought this group is dominating people is how I'm going to leave it. I think that they have done some nice things. I think Peter's strike approach, Scott Peter's whole plan there. We'll see if he's considered for the job, has helped in some regard. I am a a little dumbfounded that they could really not figure out run game stuff, and he's a heavy-handed part of that. I'm not going to tell you guys that the Browns are better because Bill Callahan left. That's not the case. But I think there are going to be some people who try to paint the picture that this is a massive, massive loss that the Browns can't overcome. And I I, I really don't think that's the case. It could be. We could look back midseason and be like, good Lord, this is bad. This is bad. But there were times these past two years where we've said that. Yeah. And and that's not that's not bending the truth. There's podcast fact checking. You could go listen to some of our stuff on here. So I'm just saying I don't think you need to sink the brown ship if Callahan leaves. There, there are alternatives to find that I think can do a nice job. And those guys who are here who are going to be a part of this line next year we're all coached up by him. They have all the teachings he could continue, you know, potentially give them wrapped into this whole thing. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I'm not I'm not ready to like, oh my God, how do they get over this? Whereas somebody who's losing an OC, like the Lions this offseason right. losing Ben Johnson. How do right. we get over this? Right. So Yeah, they they have to make another hire there of of somebody that can do the job. I you you look at, at replacing Joe Woods with Jim Schwartz, replacing Mike Prefer with Bubba Ventrone, the Browns' recent track record of hiring 
high profile assistance has been strong. So until I see otherwise, I expect that the player, the coach rather that comes in and takes Bill Callahan's place will be qualified and good at their job. And so then the question becomes, Jake, what are their strengths and weaknesses relative to Bill Callahan's strengths and weaknesses, right? And how does some of the stuff that the whoever it is that they pursue for this position allow them to do things differently that maybe they weren't able to get to? But I think your overall point about the offensive line, at least from a financial perspective, if not a talent perspective, but in the NFL, often finances are a proxy for talent because of how the league works. Yeah. The Browns were a top three offensive line in cap spending the past two years. And they have been a middle of the road offensive line in terms of production, both pass blocking and run blocking the past two years. Some of that is injuries. I am aware of the injury situation. And also I am aware that Dewan Jones was a fourth round rookie who came in and played really, really well. Yeah. I am also saying that the Browns left guard, center, right guard are two of them are in the pro bowl. They're all really well paid. And overall, for the, the course of the season, they were healthy. The production was not top of the league. So that that is true. Whether or not somebody else makes that so, I don't know. But I do know that the results have not been what we expect them to be based mm-hmm. on the level of talent and financial investment in the offensive line. Yeah, they could be worse. They could be they could be fine. This is happens all the time. You know, this, this, these other people get opportunities for these jobs and they, they handle it. Well, I will, I will look back if he's done, I'll look back fondly on what Callahan brought to Cleveland. I think he did a nice job and I'm I'm, I'm happy for him to get a chance. If he goes again, we're not trying to put the cart in front and a chance to coach the sun and all of that. But I'll, I'm just be excited to get some fresh perspective, maybe something they need, maybe something these guys need to, to have to, to figure some things out. So that's another element to bring into it. Right. It's a, you know, you get boxed into some theory. Maybe you could use some some theory outside that box a little bit. Totally agree. And I think as much as I, I think that the offensive line has left something to be desired the past two years at times, I think you could make the argument, Jake, that Bill Callahan deserves as much credit for what happened in 2020 as any coach on that staff. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah. it, I mean, to, to to take the big picture of his time in Cleveland – what they did that year to turn the Browns into a dominant running team kind of out of nowhere, right? Is one of the most impressive coaching jobs that I've seen. So I am not, I want to be real clear about not disrespecting Bill Callahan as a coach. Yeah. Just just pointing out that this is like, I think the way you said it is, is great. This is not a catastrophe for the Browns unless of course they screw up the hire. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we don't have to cancel the 2024 season. Let's just figure it out. They'll figure it out. There's options out there to be had. And they also have some guys in who are pretty talented too. So it's not like they're coaching a bunch of nobodies here. You know, they got a chance to coach some talented guys. But anyway, that's a wrap for the second part of the day. Hopefully you guys appreciate it. And I know Andrew and I thank you guys for stopping by. And if it's your second time listening to the show for today, that means a lot to us because that means you took a couple opportunities to listen to this pod and that means the world to us. So As I always say on the way out, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being here and making the OBR film breakdown a part of your day. We will be back tomorrow. We'll figure out some topic. Got to start maybe digging into these conference championship games at some point. Maybe, hell, maybe we'll do a mailbag. Probably should do a mailbag. 
a lot of questions out there. A lot of stuff to look forward to. Uh, right, right around the corner from draft season, Senior Bowl. We'll get some guests on. Some Dane Brugler will be on. We'll have all the people. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. So, again, from Andrew and I, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being here. Be well. Go Browns. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.